Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. It's the weekly Star Wars podcast, a weekly Star Wars show for you to come and hang out and get all the news about what's going on in a galaxy far, far away, unless there is some new Star Wars stuff going out, which will give you our thoughts and reviews, which is exactly what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks, and we will continue to do so while Andor is rolling out. So this week we are on to episode six, The Eye. So we're going to give you our thoughts on that one, tell you uh, some details, maybe a few Easter eggs and stuff like that um before we bring on the co-host my name's gary i'm one of your hosts on spark of rebellion and before we get to all that just a couple of things if you've got a few minutes to spare if you want to support the show if you like what we do then i'll give you some deets on that later on the episode if this is the first time you're listening to spark rebellion and give us a listen to this ep see what you think if you're a long-time listener and you want to give us some support you can do that over on patreon i'll give you the deets later also if you've listened to the show for a while and you want to give us a review you can do that on something like podchaser.com or apple podcast something like that we haven't had a few rock in for a while, so if you've got a minute and uh, you want to do that, it'd be awesome. And thank you to those that have left reviews thus far. You've left some very kind words, so thank you very much. We appreciate that here on SOR. So let's bring him on then. The other dude, the other guy in the Falcon. He's like, I was going to say he's like the Yoda of, of podcasts. He's not. He's more like he's more like Bail Organa. Yeah. Stable, reliable, passionate about the cause. It's the British podcast guy, in it? How you doing, Mark? Cracking beard. Someone did describe me as the order of podcasting, actually, at a conference once. Tom Tate from Airweather. Oh, he Tom. Yeah. Me, me, Edgar. He was like, Yoda of podcasting. I was like, that's them saying it. So, not going <laughs> to argue with that one, am I? It's a good one, that. Yeah. Uh, mm. I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm steady. I'm... Uh, Sort of thrown off a little bit because we're recording on a Thursday, you know, it's freaking Weird. me out a little bit. Normally we're recording on a Friday, but it's freaking me out this. Don't know what I'm <laughs> going to do tonight. I feel like I need a takeaway, but I can't because it's a Thursday. So that's, that's weird. But uh, otherwise, pretty sound, man. What about you? You had a busy Star Wars week? You done much Star, Star Wars-y? Much Star Wars-y? No, dude. No. Just watched Andor a couple of times. That's it, man. Having a bit of a, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, I'm having a bit of a break from the old Star Wars books. Just for a little while while I finish up some other ones. So yeah, nothing Star Warsy. Just just cracking on with Andor. What about you? Same man. Yeah, same. I'm on a couple of golf books at the minute, and so I'm just reading them. Um, Old Lefty. Yeah. Well, I finished that one. Now it's Tiger and Phil the rivalry, oh, which is okay. quite interesting. Um, so yeah, I finished that Lefty one, which was really short. Thirteen quid. Going back. Have you played much golf, or are you just reading about it? No, I, I have, actually. I'm, I'm trying to... I'm building... I've got it here, actually. Look, I'll show you on screen. Building a little golf simulator at home. Nice. So I bought this, bought this launch monitor here that you can see. GC, it's called. I did, as you say, I did the YouTube last week that you know about. And uh, so I'm sort of practicing a little bit at home for that reason, because I live in a place that rains a lot, and we've got this little outhouse. So I'm like, right, do you know what? I'm going to put one in there. So I'm sort of doing a bit in there, but I do get up to the course now and again, because it's only about five five minutes away. Um from my house. Um, but yeah, it just rains a lot here, man. It can rain quite a bit because of the hills. What about you? Mm. You don't, um, mm. you probably don't play much anymore, do you? No, I haven't swung the sticks for about, it must be the best part of a year, dude. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 
Yeah. What would you shoot? Uh, what would you go around a golf course in? Like how bad oh, are you compared 70, to me, Kieran? 70, 71. Yeah, we're we're seventy three on average. Yeah. <laughs> God, we are yeah. terrible. Kieran and I play, and we're terrible, man. Yeah, yeah. Kieran's uh, one of our colleagues, by the way. Uh, mm. So yeah, it's um. I think the last time I played, I went around in probably hundred, hundred and one. Yeah, cycles, man. Average at best, in it. It's a it's a shame, really, because I've played since I was I don't know fifteen. Yeah, and I've never got any better than I think. Same. I think the best round I've ever had is like I don't know eighty seven. Do you know 88? what mine's eighty seven? How weird is that? Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think that's the best I've ever played. So after twenty years of playing golf, that's disgusting, really. Anyway, it's not great, is it? Yeah, it's one of those where you got to <laughs> practice. I, it's actually one of my goals to get better at it because I think it's one of those things where you can you can hone the skill for as as long as you want. You can get older and still do it. And uh, so I actually do want to get a little bit better, but it just requires focused practice, which I cannot be asked to do. Consistency yeah. is the name, mate. Yeah. yeah. And also, as we get older, it almost becomes more expected. Mm. If that makes sense. So what did you do at the weekend? Did you play golf? Probably. I did, actually. Oh, yeah. Cool. I'll play with you next time. Yeah, sweet. You must be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And as you get older, people don't expect you to be bad, do they? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if you can get some Star Wars themed golf clubs or at least some like driver covers like you know woods you know the little yeah of course you can i've seen a c3po one before you probably get a chewbacca one that's pretty obvious isn't it yeah 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 some stormtrooper cover head yeah we good yeah yeah we should get some we should see if we can get anyway you know we brought it back to star wars (laughs) yes that's one thing you should probably make you aware (laughs) new (laughs) listeners it's like this around here it's like (laughs) we start talking about star wars and then before you know it, we're talking about the A-team or golf, baseball. I've talked about the A-team for a while. For not for a while. In fact, we probably mentioned it when we spoke about Andor, um, Rogue One the last time. I don't know. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like, I'm sure there's like a, um, a feature for a website somewhere where you could say, right, what other character or characters, you know, team of characters would you put into Star Wars that would like basically stop the empire being dickheads you know who would you choose do you know what i mean which one are you going to choose because you're either going to go someone like you know stick john mcclain in there stick him on the death star the emperor's fucked it <laughs> or you put like a, an a team in there do you know what i mean trash compactor that's cool do not sweat you, it cue the music you know we'll it build baby. something <laughs> out comes a jcb with wings two sledgehammers for arms and just just cigars everywhere. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I could just imagine as well. John, I mean, John McClane just crawling around all the corridors in a Death Star and winding them up with the walkie-talkies and stuff. Brilliant. I think the ultimate one for me is, because it's never a loss, you just, if you were to, if you were to like, you know, midway through Revenge of the Sith, you know, or like the bad guys have won, Anakin's fallen to the dark side, and Yoda's like, Mm-hmm. make a call I will <laughs> and you've got the old CTU ringtone Jack Bauer whips himself <laughs> round down the Jedi temple what's going on Yoda damn it damn it and he just got to Mustafa you must go gets himself a little Toyota pickup drives over to Mustafa and just attacks <laughs> drives right? over yeah. yeah drives over to Mustafa his little Toyota pickup right <laughs> just attacks Anakin 
And it's just game over. Like the original trilogy would just be, it would, it would have to be deleted had that <laughs> happened. Because it's just the ultimate character for never losing. That's what yeah, I think. Just doesn't lose, yeah. I think we've got a new podcast here. We've got some good friends yeah. that run a really good podcast called Sequel Pitch. I think we should start one called Alternative Pitch. Yeah. Some other people that could appear in films that would do a much better job. That's actually a pretty badass idea. We could call it something like, I don't know, crossover something. That's actually pretty sweet. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Of course, the big one is probably Sly and Arnie. Remember they did that film together that was completely oh, rubbish? Yeah. Escape Plan, I think it was called. Imagine them two on the Death Star or a Star Destroyer. Do you know what's cool about that as well? You could smash out the cannon with that later on. <laughs> Actually, it just turns out that, you know, five years after Return of the Jedi, Stallone's still knocking around. And actually, Grief Kiger is not Grief Kiger. It's actually the actor, Carl Weathers, who's like, just got his cover entirely blown. And he's, you know what I mean? It's like, you know what, Brock? You bounty hunt good, but I'm a great bounty hunter. <laughs> he's got the old stars and striped shorts yeah. on underneath there, and he? You know. And he he, he's just the actor. He's not like, he's just... <laughs> We've all got yeah. to we're going to make our own way in this universe, Rock. You know, oh, God, Rock. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, they see this is a great this is a great concept for a show. Uh, see, we're not just Star Wars geeks. Give us a good ideas. Yeah, we're giving them away for free now. So take them. That is a good it. idea. What one character would you drop into a movie that would change the plot, and how would it change it? Could be hilariously. Yeah, that productive. is. You just you just put Arnie in everything. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Because it on. works. Yeah. Come on. Don't do it, Anakin. I have the high ground. Come on. Just balls out Arnie. Everything. Yeah. Everything is Arnie. Just <laughs> quite literally everything is Arnie. I like it. Now, that's a name I haven't heard in a long while. Uh, every time. Uh, he's got too much of his father in him. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> Oh, this is Jesus great. Christ. Right. What are we in? 10 minutes. We, we, we always do this. Fucking nightmare. Anyway, Andor, let's get back on it. <laughs> let's get back on the, let's put the vinyl record back on the correct side. We're on the B side at the minute. The Eye, episode six. Very quick recap for you. So. In an Arnie voice. No. So oh. we've got the dudes and they are ready to do the thing that they've been planning for ages. So tensions are high. They're ready to do the raid on the on the garrison. They've done it for ages. Clem's turned up. Thought it was a spanner in the works. Turns out it's actually pulled off pretty well. A few casualties that we expected. They were never all going to walk out of there alive. So we knew that. But for the most part, they did the job. And along the way, we had the eye um, that they were. we've been talking about while they've been on um, Aldani for a while now. This big... Th- celestial storm this star storm whatever it is uh, we had that that masked pretty much everything as they expected but during the raid there was a little bit of a, a hiccup with the communication so the dude up on the bridge he uh, overheard some of the transmissions between the rebels that then tipped him off that something was going on down in the vault bit of a shootout few people died but they managed to get away with a fair chunk of the um the payroll which is good and unfortunately this is a bit of a We'll come on to this. A bit of a heartstring moment as they're making their escape. Uh, at the young lad, um, Nemec, um, gets injured and then he dies a bit later on. So that's the other casualty. So it just leaves literally 
um, Cassian, uh, Vel, and um, uh, what's her name, who's left on Aldani. She didn't make it back to the ship. And uh, so she's still there. And um, and Skeen, he gets killed by Andor, which come on to. So all in all, mostly successful, few casualties, but that caps off this kind of second trilogy of episodes um, within Andor. And then we're on to the next one, which is going to be um, directed by um, another person. So we'll see what happens with that. But as usual, off the bat, dude, your score on this one and your general thoughts before we dive into the deets. Tough one, this one, because it was it was less... Um, no, let me rephrase that. It was slower than I expected it to be. And I think it was... Uh, it, it was... It spent a lot of time showing the Empire like undercutting the people of the planet, like the indigenous people of the planet and, you know, the, the tyranny of, of the oppressors, you know, it spent a lot of time on that, which I actually quite liked, but it wasn't what I expected. Um, I thought it was going to be a balls out full on action setup, which we only got towards pretty much the last third of it. Um, but as a character piece, I think it was all right. So I don't know. I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably going to have to go with like another seven on this one. And, but I would have gone a bit lower, but I, I can't score it any lower because last week got a lower, uh, sorry, last week got a seven and this one was better than last week. So I sort of feel like I should have done last week a bit lower. Does that make any sense? So I'm, I'm going to go with seven, but last week needed to be less if that works. That makes sense. I think to most people, you kind of probably, your, yeah. yeah, I just feel it was, it did everything we thought it was going to do, but it didn't, it, there was, it, it, there wasn't, it didn't feel like there were ever any stakes. Like there, they clearly were, but it never felt like they were going to get caught. Yeah. You know, yeah. like she mm. were running across that bridge and she's just stood up there looking around and then it's like, <laughs> get down, yo. <laughs> so it was, I don't know, it, it felt like it was there to prove a point that the mm. rebellion can do this thing and that Cassian whilst he's not a good, good guy, he's not a bad, bad, bad guy, you know, he's, and we'll get to that later, but it, I don't know. There was, it didn't feel like there was anything at stake. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll read you. I think I'm going to go with a seven as well, maybe a 7.5. I'm not sure that might change by the time we get to the end of it, but I think for similar reasons, yeah, it was a bit slower than what I expected in my mind. I kind of, I thought that they would take, away that episode in the Mandalorian, you know, when they, they raid the stormtrooper garrison in that one, that was a lot more, I think that was season two, right? I think it was, um, that was a lot more, um, like your typical Hollywood action, Star Warsy kind of thing. You know, that was very big, bombastic, intense music through most of it. And, um, you know, Wilhelm screams and explosions, you know, all that stuff going on. I, I thought that they would do that because, let's be honest, we've had five episodes of a mix of setup and character building and planning and all that stuff. I thought that I would end this episode with a bit of a bang, literally. But it was, you're right, it was a lot slower than, than what I thought it was going to be. Having said that, I think that's kind of fitting nicely in with the tone of the show so far. I think it would have been a bit, you know, on the other hand, it would have been a bit out of character to just have this huge action piece, just out, out of nowhere. Um, because it doesn't really fit with the style and the um, and the vibe of the show, I guess. It, it feels very much like 
we are we are following a bit more intimately not just Cassian but some of the other characters around more so their feelings about why they're doing it rather than here's a big explosion to visually tell you that they're doing stuff you know so um I kind of get that uh, which was cool uh, a very light um uh, episode for rail on this one we only see him at the end a bit of a celebration as he he hears somebody you know the hollow news has gone crazy and everyone's looking at it on their iPads and stuff. And he's like, yes, he has no idea of the exact outcome. He just knows that the raid happened. And so I'm, I'm guessing he's, he's expecting to hear from, from Cassian or somebody soon about what's going on. And then the other side of it as well, which I really liked was we got to see a few Imperial peeps very much in the same vein as some of the early characters we saw in A New Hope which was really nice. So in that scene in A New Hope where they're all round the table and they're discussing like the pros and cons of the Death Star and, and all that, and then Vader comes in and he's like, shut up, everyone. You know, that scene, it's, it was kind of like that. We have these Imperial um, sort of top bodies who are like discussing the fate of the of the uh, the indigenous people and what they're going to do and if they're going to cause any problems. And they're just very cocky about it and very... Um, very bullish and you know confident about that stuff so that was good to see him i think the guy's name was um uh what was his name uh b has commandant b has he's like the chubby fellow with the goatee that has a heart attack um so it was good to see basically just another look at some of the imperial people because we're not seeing anybody high up the ladder at this point we're not seeing tarkin obviously not seeing the emperor anybody like that so it was good to see where the chain of command goes up. And there was another dude as well, wasn't there? There was the guy that was visiting that was doing the checks and everything. And he bit the dust and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was, a, it was a really nice collection of scenes that that looked a little bit deeper into why they were doing this and, and, and their emotions and stuff. It all kicked off really right from the beginning. If you think about the beginning when they're, they're hiking up um, towards the base still and, you know, they haven't quite got the uniforms on yet. Um, Cassian and Nemec have this little conversation where he's like, look, I'm tired, I can't sleep, I'm nervous. And he's like, just don't worry about it. When it all kicks off, you know, you'll be excited, it's all good. And then he gives, you know, he waxes a little bit about his thought on the, the Empire and why they do what they do and mercenaries, you know, and turning the tide with the rebels, you know, all that stuff. And that really set the scene for me anyway, um, as we went through the episode. So I think a seven, maybe a seven and a half, uh, for that so let's talk about some details so do you think it was ridiculous or it is ridiculous for the empire to keep physical cash knocking around because they've got ipads right so no online banking it's a little bit I, that's the only bit about it that i found a little bit come on it's a bit like you and i getting paid in mm. 50 pence pieces and stacking them up in the spare room <laughs> It is a little bit odd. It's a bit old school. Um, it's sort of, but I think it speaks to that weirdness in the Star Wars galaxy where some stuff's really technologically advanced and some stuff's old. You know, it's sort of that weird hybrid. It's always been that kind of universe and probably speaks to the Empire's arrogance from a, a narrative perspective that they just thought it'd be all right. You know, that's that's the only... And it's a tenuous freaking thing there. <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm throwing some credit, excuse the pun, at the universe, you know, uh, that's a way you, you can easily explain it away. But yeah, 
Yeah, it was a bit odd, wasn't it? It, it was like an old James Bond Fort Knox thing. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Or the you other know, one what, with um, Michael Caine. What's the one where they go in the yeah, Italian, Italian job? job? Yeah, it was that kind of thing, right? Yeah, uh, and it, it was. It was. I see why it was there. It was. It was there. It was there to just give them something that mattered to the rebellion, and you know that the whole. I think the journey of Cassian and, and that in, uh, theoretical influence or the potential influence of the Nemec guy that, that spoiler alert, you know, bit the dust at the end of it. Um, that manifesto that he created, which is interestingly, I've just seen this online. Um, it's got its own entry on starwars.com, which is quite interesting. So I don't know if that foreshadows it being a major part of the rebellion's manifesto or whether it's a, something that reflects um, on Cassian himself a little bit more. Um, and that, that influences him, but regardless, you know that's certainly not 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 finished with. So I think, mm. yeah, I think, yeah, having having all that that haul was a little bit weird. It was a bit old school, but it it, it felt like a classic caper, didn't it? That's what I mean when I say it didn't have any stakes. Like we didn't really care about these people. We knew they were all going to die. Granted, there was you know one of the deaths how it happened shocked me but I think there's a reason for that as well which we'll get to but it, it, none of it was a surprise really and it was it was more just a real classic like it could you could you could just you could dress the characters in different things and it could be an episode of any TV show you know it wasn't there was nothing Star Warsy about it there was nothing really that progressed the Rebel Alliance apart from potentially Nemec's Manifesto um we said that, it's always jumping, we said that mm. when we reviewed the first, when we did our review of the first few episodes, we said that this could quite easily just be a science fiction espionage thriller kind of mm. thing without yeah, necessarily having the Star Wars badge on. So yeah, I get that. And that that's not a bad thing, but I think it's, you know, it galvanized the ISB into action, which I think is, is, is an interesting thing. You know, that, that they were, the, them and the, the local, you know, guy in charge with the, the goatee that popped it, you know, they were the real, these are the arrogant oppressors, you know, mm. we'll not take any of this other stuff seriously because we're the empire, you know, they were the kind of representation of that. Um, so I think for it, it's got to do something Star Wars to make it feel like it's impacting the rest of the universe, you know, and, and we saw that a little bit with the Senate, which I really enjoyed seeing the Senate again and, you know, did they send the pods off for refurbing or are there new pods with the logo? We just do not know. <laughs> so, I th but I thought mm. it was interesting to see things like that where you'd seen that infiltration of the empires, you know, everything from the, the ideals to the visuals, you know, in, in the most, from, from the, the, the most basic of places on a, on a planet that is full of uh, tribes, people right up to the, the, the highest levels of the galactic Senate, the, the empire is everywhere, you know, and it stamped mm. its authority on. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but I do think they've got to start pulling it together. I do think they've got to start pulling it together because I think it's going to start losing people. You know, the spy espionage part of it is great, but it's not, it hasn't told a story yet. You know, we're halfway into it. And it's not, it's put some pieces on the board, but it hasn't told the story yet. Right. So that's, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. But maybe that speaks to the fact, like we said last week, man, that it's going to be, be better viewed as a as a single piece when it's all finished don't know yeah probably dude yeah and you're right the pieces have been sort of have been put in order and it's um 
yeah, I, I think it's probably exploring still. Surprisingly, at episode six, it's still exploring Cassian's motive for wanting to fully commit at this point. Because, you know, at the end scene, so as Mark said, there's going to be spoilers here, but the end scene when him and um, Skeen are having that conversation, which really surprises him because he thought that this dude, although he might be a bit of a shady character, he was fairly stand up. You know, he was like most of them, or if not all of them, they're hatred i guess and their want for revenge against the empire for one reason or another is the thing that's brought them together and has motivated them to do this it's almost like a switch goes off with this guy because all of a sudden he turns into a han solo like it or loathe it you know he he turns into the you know our because if we think back to again a new hope um and not a new hope um yeah new hope when han solo and chewie get to the rebel base on yavin uh, yavin 4 He's just like, look, just load up the money onto the Millennium Falcon. I've done my bit. I just want to get out of here with the money. It was very much like that. It's like, you know, we've we've done our bit. And like I told you in the last episode, he's not saying that, but we saw in the last episode, he says to Cassian, you and I are alike, you know, and now we get to that point where it's like a decision has to be made. I'm going to do the off anyway, whether you like it or not, I'm out of here with the money. We can either do it together and split it or, you know, you can carry on with Veal and the and the rebels and whatever. So um, you probably saw this online as well, but there's a lot of things around Cassian shoots first. And again, it's another, it's another callback to that comparison with Han. So then he turns into Han Solo as well. He goes up to Veal. He's like, look, I've done my bit. My job's done. Here's the, you know, I'll leave you all the money, all the rest. I just want my cut and I'm gone. So I think even though we're still at episode six, we're still at that point, which I feel we should have done maybe two episodes prior where we know that Cassian's in the game longer haul, further down the line, but we're still at this point. And it's a bit, um, like you said, I think they've got to, maybe this feeds into what um, Diego Luna said in an interview about there will be time jumps within this. So maybe we'll fast forward a little bit and he's already done another couple of jobs for the rebellion and now he's more kind of on board. Because there was that that other scene, wasn't there, when she's like, Look, if you want to go, that's fine, but just take and what you mentioned earlier, this manifesto that, you know, maybe that will persuade you either way. I don't know. But so, yeah, I feel like at this point um, we should be further along a little bit with 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 his commitment yeah. to, to what's going on. And the reason why I asked about the credits is because um, a few episodes or a couple of episodes ago, we had Mon Mothma talking to um, Ray about she's struggling to move funds around mm-hmm. um, to give, you know, to, to fund everything that's going on. So in my mind, I'm thinking, so are they carting like these big bloody, you know, casino style mm-hmm. chip sort of holders of all these credits, or is she doing the online banking thing? Because, you know, that's a trick that the empire is missing. I know I've mentioned this now already, but I just, you know, I don't know. Now, there's a bit of espionage in there, surely, <laughs> you know, where I would imagine because of her power in the Senate, she's 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 probably, you know, she's probably overfunding things. It's a Bitcoin and, thing. Yeah, you know, she's probably overfunding. Do you know what I mean? Get your Ewok NFT. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's... <laughs> It's, I think it's, if thinking logically about it, they might not even need to address this, but it's probably, you know, Mon Mothma's doing the digital side of things. She's overfunding projects. She's, 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 
um, you know, playing around with aid packages um, and, 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 you know, any, where she can help a system or a planet or a trade route or whatever, you know, she's sticking 10% on that, that will, that will get laundered or whatever. So it, it, I think it's probably that sort of thing. It'd be, it would be interesting to look into that, um, you know, and carry that prequel political feel through to a degree. Like, how is this happening? Because I think there is a lot of, there's a lot of interesting stuff in that, that would fit this context of Andor. Um, mm. And, and I think back to that point as well around, around you know, the Han Solo similarities. We said it in episode one, but I, I think it was it was inevitable that there'd be more of them. We said it even in Rogue One, I think everyone did. And, you know, for him to be, like you said, that person that shot first with absolutely no remorse, you know, he, he, he didn't need to do that. He could have just beat him up. You know, he could have just had a scrap or he could have just gone to the boss, to Vel, and just said, look, this, look at this fucker. And, you know, <laughs> th there might have been a bit of a standoff, but... There were other ways of doing that. And I think, I, I feel that that was put in there to remind you that this guy, he doesn't tolerate people doing things that he perceives to be bad for the good guys. That's not to say he is a good guy or wants to be a good guy because he's not actively standing up to the Empire as yet. You know, he's not like the Andor that we see in Rogue One. But they've just gone through all that and this guy was going to rip them off. And he doesn't, he doesn't want the 40 million, which says something about him. You know, he's what, he just wants what he's been promised and, uh, and off he goes. So it's, there's a lot of Han Solo similarities and, and, and parallels there, but there are also some big differences where he, he sort of feels like he knows what he is, you know? And mm -hmm. I think from a, yeah. from, from Luthen's perspective and from Mon Mothma's perspective, it's just about opening up or accessing the side of him that knows that he's not for the empire and not for injustice, regardless of where it comes from, whether it's people like what's his name, Skeen, or whether it's someone else. Um, but it's, 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 it seems to be like they, they'll need to open that little bit of him up a little bit just to get him more on side. You know, they'll, they'll play to that part of it, the injustice element of it. Um, mm, yeah. Which yeah. could be interesting. You know, which then puts all of this in context. You know, it puts all of this in context. So, I don't know, man. I just hope the, I just hope the writing is good enough to 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 build on the last six episodes, as opposed to I don't, what I don't want it to do is just totally digress and sort of forget why these happened, because otherwise right. it's a yeah. it feels like a bit of a letdown. You know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. It's um, I think the next episode will be a real important one. Because where do they go? Where do they go from here? Like you said, in terms of opening up a little bit around, because there's still this um, this initial motivation, right, for him that we saw in a flashback when something happened to his sister, right? Um, and you have all that stuff and all that. When they found him, he was just smashing the place up. You know, he was really so. He's got this motivation that was there initially. So this kind of, yeah, I don't want all the money and that's all fine, keep it. I just want to split. It kind of goes against the conversation that he had with Rao in the ship when they blasted off, you know, at the end of episode three, I think it was. Um, when he's like, look, I understand that you've got some beef with the Empire. Probably not as much as me and some other people, but wouldn't it be cool if you could just make some proper damage 
instead of just you know farting around and doing what you're doing so that it i don't know it seems like that how he is now is kind of i don't know there's i wouldn't say it's a massive disjoint there but without without them probing into his his mindset a little bit more we don't really don't know which is why i think the next episode is gonna be so important because what i what i don't want to see is just like a side quest thing that you're having video games happening where rail just turns up he's like got another job for you it's another raid or it's another thing against the empire do this get yourself some credits and then they just kind of build up this trust gradually via a series of quests or jobs you know so i want to see that so I'm, I'm, i really am interested to see where they go f- with that relationship but more so are we going to jump forward in time a little bit and just skip over those quests? We don't need to see that. You know, if he's going to go and do some jobs for this cell or another cell, whatever it is, we don't really need to have every detail explained to us. We just need to meet up with him again, having a conversation with Raoul, like, yes, you know, I've done a few jobs for you now. Where do we go? Sort of thing, you know. So, yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, let's not diverge off and do some other shit that we, that we don't need to see. Mm. Let's... um. Yeah, let's dive into it properly. And I think that'll also lead into some of the things that you and I spoke about over the last couple of weeks where do we start to see bigger characters come in now who can persuade, uh, perhaps sorry, persuade him in a way that the others couldn't. So if we see, I don't know, you know, one of the guys from Rebels, you know, or somebody, would that be more of a, a motivation? Because there's only so many times you can have people in your close little knit, you know, little cell, for want of a better word, who can tell you to do something for this reason before you start getting a little bit bored with that. So what do you reckon? We might see another player. Yeah, I think we're, um, we know that Mom Mothma's trying to bring someone else in. Or is it Luton? One of them's trying to bring someone else in. Oh, Mom Mothma. Yeah, she said that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and we debate, and it's all over the internet. Is it, um, is it Leia? Maybe, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But it's, there's a whole Sorger era stuff, which I think we're going to see Forrest Whitaker at some point throughout and or maybe not this season, but I think probably next season. You're going to help us. You're going to help. Do you know okay. what annoyed me about that guy? There's no reason <laughs> to go, Bogart. <laughs> Just say the fucking word, man. What are you saying like that for? <laughs> what are you, you said saying that a like that times. for? I know that winds you up. Yeah. <laughs> Bogart. What, what are you saying? <laughs> Boris Whitaker, what are you saying? You're not talk it's like for- that. <laughs> it's for effect, right? Yeah, but it doesn't work. It doesn't like, work. <laughs> imagine you're the pilot guy, all right? Oh, call it. And you're like, what? what? <laughs> and it's supposed know, to be intimidating. Oh, call it. The what? The, the, you say gullet. Are you saying something gullet? What is that? What is... What is I'm at, you know, you, I don't want you to have this information now because this is bullshit, you know? <laughs> and then he just... Here we go. Forrest Whitaker's just like, yeah, bring out the ball, gullet. That'd be better. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> better. You better be worried. But um, I think we'll see. I do think we'll see. See, uh, I think we'll see that guy at some point. Um, but what? The, I think one thing that we've not talked about, or that I don't. I mean, it's sure. I'm probably sure it's been noticed, right? But if you're thinking about all these other rebel cells at this point, okay, you've got. Let's take the Ghost Crew. This is five years before the Battle of Yavin. So it's just about maybe a year before Rebels. Six months, whatever. Oh, my dog's still there. 
Come on now, Norm. So like, it's six months before Rebels, or there is, yeah. there is pro podcasting, and you you only see this ghost crew, and they're sort of out there on Ryloth and Lothal, and they're doing all these things pretty independently. And throughout Rebels, you start to see that people like Bail Organa are trying to throw this net around all of these separate cells and these units, and trying to organise them and galvanise them into some kind of actual rebellion. Now, at this point, we've heard the word rebel and we've heard the word rebellion. So, in the imperial psyche, a rebellion exists, but people like the Ghost and so on, that crew, and they're not part of it yet. They're just rebelling, if that makes sense. They're not part of the rebellion. So, an interesting perspective or, or thing to think about here is that Cassian is, is speaking, or he's certainly very close to within one degree of, the very highest level of the rebellion. He's not a cell out there. And granted, he's been part of a cell now. And he's but he's, he won't be because he's got to give the crystal back to Luther. So he's he's not like being recruited for a cell of the rebellion at this lowest level. He's talking to the main people, like the top of the tree, the boss of the boss, you know? There's no and there's no one it doesn't feel like there's anyone above Skarsgård's character, because this, he and Mon Mothma seem um, equal in their standing in the rebellion, which puts them along right there alongside Bail Organa and whomever mm. else, you know. So that is quite an interesting thing when you think about it from a character perspective and from a storytelling perspective, because I would like to think it gives you the opportunity to really dig into the background of the rebellion and to how that works and to you know, how in five years do they manage to pull all that together? Maybe the 80 million is the catalyst because they can start to find these cells and equip them with weapons or to do, you know, whatever. Um, so I don't know. I'm not seeing that talked about that much, but I just think that's a, that's an interesting thing that we've never quite... Because who else have we seen that has got access to Mon Mothma? Leia, Luke, General Dodonna, and then just the people on Yavin 4 in briefings or in Return yeah. of the Jedi in on Endor in briefings it's not it, you know do name? you know what I mean yeah um, it's a trap um, yeah Akbar like Akbar. General Akbar he's the guy he's one of the he's, the he's you know he's the moth of the rebellion that's how high up he is you know exactly yeah so there's only a few people that we've seen anyway we've been exposed to that can cause it's a big job right I'm not saying that flippantly it's a big it's a big thing, you know, when you've got no online banking, you've got to truck all this shit around and then you've got the cells that are like, well, I've got a weight limit, right? So how are you going to pay me? Yeah, I'm not lugging, you know, a million credits around. When I I've can got only do box. eight hours driving, love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I've got to turn the disc over. So that's the question, but it's a good one because I guess we probably, we probably had this a bit in the books back in the day when we had the whole expanded universe thing that was considered soft canon i suppose is the best way to put it we probably had a bit of that but and also if we fast forward in time to the atrocious last half an hour of the rise of skywalker when it was just a phone call <laughs> we need all the rebel people in the universe to turn up at this one point <laughs> yeah make it Fuck happen me. 
So they did that in like a matter of hours. But I think more realistically and more down to earth with something like this, it is a big challenge, right? So for somebody like Mon Mothma, who's getting frustrated with everybody, you can see that. She's frustrated with her dickhead husband because he just wants to party, put on the nice dinners, drink some wine and, and just piss people off. She's frustrated with um, rail to a little degree because I think, you know, she's very... She's very keen and desperate to sort of crack on and, and get rocking. But he's like, yeah, you know, we need to do this. We need to wait for this job to be finished. And we need to do this. And she's like, yeah, but it's difficult for me. I'm the face of it at the minute. You know, she's a bit frustrated. And now she's frustrated with everyone else in the Senate. We saw it in this episode where she's giving her speech about, um, you know, the battle that we've read about and we've seen mentioned in other things. The, um, uh, what was it? The, the Gormans, you know, that stuff. And she's trying to put a very genuine case across like these people are suffering because they've been wiped out or most of them by the empire and it's not fair and we need to do this and no one's listening everyone's just looking at the news walking out whatever so you can tell that she's frustrated so how does she go from that to basically rounding up everybody who has some kind of weight that can do it to then contact all these different cells like you were saying so and also just being on the run sorry to interrupt that but essentially being on the run yeah you know, right. five years time, she's on Yavin, and 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 with nothing. With, yeah, in a in a freaking pyramid, mm-hmm. man. And with you no know, husband, she's there. Hopefully, yeah, He's hopefully enough. get shut of him. Silver lining, but you know, <laughs> she's got a daughter at the end of the day as well. You know, what, what, so there is a gr- there's a great story in there somewhere. How does she end up just in five years? How does she go from that? Because we know the Senate is completely wiped out by by the time of Star Wars, uh, A New Hope. And, and we, we see him on Mothma in Rebels, I think, on Yavin 4. We do. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she's in the briefing room. Um, so, while the that's other quite, dudes, yeah. it's quite a departure. Yeah, and I, do you know what, dude? I think that's going to be the time jump towards the end of this series, you know. I think it's going to be episode 12. I'm guessing will be she's left the senate and she's like i'm updated the linkedin right i'm now doing this so if you want me yeah it's all that so i think she's going to be one of the top dudes in the rebellion at that point and then series two of andor will just be that gradual build up to um you know rogue one and the you know the, the old bby zero state so um what did you think in this episode then to the old uh, the old um, ISB then? Because we had one of the people that has been in that team over the last few episodes saying, there's shit going down. I'm telling you, something's going to happen. Let's investigate. And she's been blocked and she's been slapped down. She's like, don't, don't worry about it. Just do your job. Let, you know, let us handle the big shit. And she's like, no, I'm telling you, like, you know. So now <laughs> this dude's like, no, no, no one's going. I love that. No one's going home. Tell your family we're going to pull in all night and we're going to order pizza. It's going to be brilliant. And uh, and then she, her face is just like that, right? Don't say anything. In it. I'm going to pick my moment and then I'm going to blow up on someone. So the ISB dude, now they're in shit, right? Because that top dude, he's going to have to report this to someone. Who's mm-hmm. that going to be? I, I think we're going to see a moth at some point. In, in some sort of uh, cameo. I think, the, you know, everyone's got a boss. And it, it was interesting to see that because I, I feel like the ASB are actually going to be the real villains of this. 
you know, yes, it's the Empire, but you need something a little bit more specific to be to, to, to bring the real, you know, the, the down-to-earth stakes and really, you know, really drive them home. And, and I think we're going to see the ISB be that enemy mm-hmm. in, in the second half of this. And I think, obviously, that, that, that lady with, with, with all the insight into the, the, some of the, the insurgency that was trying to pull it all together, she'll be key. And she's, you know, I would imagine she will be a little bit like Thrawn was at the beginning of, of, of his appearance in Rebels, where he was just like, hang about, what, you know, this cell of causing problems. I'm just going to go, I've noticed this, I'm going to go sort it. Um, so I think that's quite interesting because we don't see the ISB that much. We've seen it in other literature and, and obviously we've had bits in Rebels, but I think it'll be quite interesting to see if that does transpire. You know, will they be the bad guys of this? And I, I'm, I hope they do because they bring a certain level of just complete arsehole to things. You know, they've got... Yeah. They're like the pure corporate shit overlaid with the secret police, you know, the the, the, the brutality of that and the nastiness that comes with it. And it, it's, I think that's interesting. He's still there. There he is. Little Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that'll be interesting to see whether or not they, they push that agenda. You know, get the ISB in there. Let's really show how much of a set twats they are you know and i hope they do i do i hope they do i hope so as well and i think you're bang on with that dude i think we need something within the the various layers of the empire that we can latch onto and label them as the baddies because however much we love all the original star wars stuff it is very very oversimplified not through any fault of its own is that you can only tell so much of a story within an hour and a half or two hours from a film but you really just had the emperor and vader potentially talking our the is the empire basically and you know here's the rebels good versus evil go and do your thing that's it you never saw all of the all of the things that that made up the empire basically and this is one piece of the jigsaw puzzle the isb stuff so i think you're right i think we need something more tangible you know that we can that we can assign a, a baddie label to we can't just say oh the empire's bad and they've done it a couple of times in conversations but you can't just do that and then just be like yeah we know that but why and what part of the empire because it was still in like the fledgling kind of early early time i guess with all this so yeah you're absolutely right dude i think the isb do play an important role do you know what? i might start i might start a new rebels watch you know i think that might be cool while we're, we're watching andor because there's loads of things like those little bits that I've forgotten about with the ISB and Rebels and stuff. And Anyway, um, to round off a couple of quick things, did you think that the deaths were warranted and okay in this one? Because we lost a couple of cool people, right? We lost um, the dude that was a bit of a reveal, right? He's the guy, like the very first one that we know about, who's the rogue stormtrooper, the one that's defected, you know, you know forget Finn and all that. He's the guy that's done it and stuff so he we lost him we also lost um obviously the guy we spoke about you know the imperial dude he choked it and then we also lost um uh, i know we're going to talk about it now uh keenan 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 and kel keenan keven keenan caven who what's his name nemic that's it nemic yeah definitely what you were saying definitely what i said yeah um so those guys then do you think that they were because we knew they weren't all going to walk out of there 
Um, but and also the guy that helped them, Gorn. You know, he's the guy that uh, has been implanted in there. He's still working, still you know getting his nine to five in. But he uh, he copped it as well. Do you think he's actually dead? Because that's one thing that's could throw a curveball in. Yeah, I don't. I mean, probably not. But I don't see any reason for him not to be. I, I don't see the need those people on that planet. You know, same as the girl that they left behind. I just don't see how they need them. You know, unless they crop up later in season two and it's like, oh, you're the guy. You know, Cassian's a very important spy or a very important assassin or whatever. And it's suddenly, wait a minute, you're the guy from all those years ago. I don't know. <laughs> or you're, you know, I, I just don't know. Nice. Do I think the deaths were warranted? Um, it's a funny one. The Nemec one, I think, is there to, 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 to provide a catalyst for Cassian's journey to becoming a bona fide rebel. And I think those documents and that manifesto are key to that. Do, do we care about the guy enough? Arguably not, you know, for it to really hit us. Um, the guy, is it Skeen, who, who, who double-crossed them? That was always going to... He was dead. We said it last week. I didn't expect how it happened. You know, I don't think it was a twist as such. I think it was more just a... Um, not an inevitability, but it was... There was someone somewhere was going to double-cross something throughout this series. You know, it just came then. So, mm. you know, that yeah, was... True. I think that... I think that was, we discussed that earlier. The Stormtrooper reveal I thought was interesting. I didn't see that one coming. Um, but I, t I did wonder for, for the last two episodes, how were they going to pull off military training? I did wonder that because the commander, he just wouldn't have had the time to, 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 to do it, to teach them, to, to let them, you know, have his time in order to, to, to kind of, Here's how you become a bona fide stormtrooper or officer or, or, or whatever, or a guard in the Imperial uh, ranks without getting noticed. Here's how you do it without standing out a mile because you're terrible at it. So the fact he's a stormtrooper makes absolute sense. I just didn't see it coming. Um, mm. But in hindsight, probably pretty obvious. We just, why would you think of it? Um, you? Yeah, it's poor. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. I didn't, I, yeah. They were just sort of expected, I think. What about you? Yeah, the only one I didn't see coming was that were, was Taramin, the um, the defected stormtrooper. I thought he was he 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 struck me as the guy that was going to be like the not so much the one man army, but he was the guy that could handle himself and you know the dude that was going to was going to bring home the bacon. So it was surprising that he bit the he bit the dust. We knew that Skeen was going to go. Um, do you know what I also kind of i kind of knew that nemec was going to go because they force they it was a bit of foreshadowing at the very beginning of the episode that conversation he has with with cassian cassian says to him don't worry when it's all over you'll be able to rest and sleep you know you, you'll be done at the end of it sort of thing and then lo and behold when they get to the end of it you know he's having a you know he's gone so i, I knew he was going to go because he's just it's always a little geeky tech dude that just does something, you know, that's like, it's like the dude in Terminator 2, Dyson, you know, he sacrifices himself. He knows all the tech stuff, but he's not, a, he's not a soldier. He's not a, you know, he hasn't got that grit sort of thing. So he, he bites it. It's the same kind of thing for me. I was just surprised at how he died, you know, because. Yeah, it was that weak. Yeah. He got to that point where you're like, okay, well, they're on the ship, you know, nothing's going to happen to him specifically it's either they all go down or you know nothing and they escape so the fact that he was that's another reason man for this fucking physical money crushed him 
crushed him like a like a tomato. Don't get that with Bitcoin, do you? Never. Bad. Never anyway, get that. He's 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 bit the dust. What do you reckon this Easter egg then that's going around on the internet? The last word that he said to Cassian was climb. Same yeah. as what, you know, is it KS K2SO? Yeah, it's just exactly an Easter egg. Just an Easter egg, yeah. Yeah. It's not gonna be like they're not going to implant his personality into a droid and that's his buddy droid. Nothing like that, no. Nah. Fair do. <laughs> I don't think Fair so. Um, yeah. i tell you what I did like about this, uh, just to kind of probably get away from the story elements and so on. Some of the visuals were good. You know, the eye stuff was all right, but that was just like, let's do fancy lights in the sky. Don't get me wrong. Looked brilliant, but it was just... After effects, mate. That's exactly. Off plugin. Nothing yeah. revolutionary about it. However, what I did really think was some gr- uh, a couple of great shots... Uh, some of the TIE fighter stuff. Um, oh, yeah. The mm. shot of them running down the gantry and getting in the TIE fighter with that After Effects background, that gantry and <laughs> the, the eye in the background was fantastic looking. It was really good. And then seeing the person inside the TIE fighter pulling switches and do, we've de- never really seen that apart from probably in Squadrons, uh, the game. And it was, um, I really, really liked that, man. I thought that was really, really nice. That was great, yeah. And that's, um, you know, we mentioned at the very beginning that this could maybe have been just a very cool espionage thing, didn't necessarily need to be Star Wars. For me, and we had it in the last couple of episodes where you just saw one TIE fighter just doing like a sweep of the planet. <clears throat> For me, that was the one thing that really made it feel Star Wars, just those few seconds when they're on screen. Because obviously they use the same sound library and everything from the rest of Star Wars. So when you see them just like like it's so cool so for me that was like yeah this is the badass bit star warsy bit i think they provide more of a threat as well at that point because they they're not up against x-wings they're not in space where size is really difficult to contextualize you know the just one tie fighter stalking over a valley where there's a band of shepherds or whatever is massively intimidating compared to you see him in space it's like oh they're probably all gonna get shot you know, so it, yeah. it adds a lot more gravitas and context, I think, to them. So, and, and and I've always liked that element of it when you see when you see like the the down and dirty element of of you know, there's a, someone in that fighter spaceship that is wanting to shoot us on the ground, and we can't really get away from it, and that's intimidating. You know, so you can see mm. how that sound becomes sort of the sound of fear. You know, and I agree, man. Yeah. I think it, I think it was great. It's very cool, and that feels very felony as well. I think in episode one of Rebels, actually, when Ezra is legging it across the field back home somewhere, or maybe another episode, he's being chased by just a, a TIE fighter. And it's just that same thing where it's like very intimidating. It's, yeah, I don't know. I just love it. I love TIE fighters. I they, love TIE they, fighters, dude. They've got, their, they've got their place really nicely nailed here. In this in this series, and it, like you said, that in the Rebels episode, it's that it's the threat of one. It's there's a person that's commanding this machine that could just you know we're no match for that. It's that mm-hmm. feeling, you know. Yeah, that it, it's that different it to like um, it's different to like a a star destroyer, which is this big behemoth, massive mm. thing. You just know that that's occupied by thousands of people, and it's a collective thing that's just rocking and rolling, but like a cruise ship, where it's just one singular fight is like. I don't know something badass about that. Mm. There is, yeah. there is. Yeah, it's good. Uh, man. Really like visually that. though. Visually though, mate, this is looks really good. And uh, just last thing I'll say, it 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 definitely benefits from not being on that volume stage. 
it does. having been out in Scotland up in those, it looks freezing bloody cold, like being out yeah. there, seeing their skin white as a sheet and freezing and wet and cold. It definitely adds to the, to the, to the atmosphere. It's great. It wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been able to pull off the, uh, I don't want to say the feel cause that's a bit too trite, but the, the, the feeling, I guess that it evokes when you see that, you know, you can, you can empathize, like you said, with the cold and with the wet and everything else that goes alongside it. You can empathize with that because we've all been like that in England and it's, yeah, you're right. If they'd have done it on the volume, it would have probably looked 90% of good as good, but it wouldn't have, it just did have been something missing. And we've said that from episode one, it's looked real, you know, it needed to, right? It did it for the to, context yeah. of it. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. Cold Scotland. I mean, you can see you can see that that's real as well. That mist and fog coming down the the mountains and stuff. That is cold. That yeah. is cold. I so. think it looked great for that. I think mm. it looked great for it. I think it really. I think it it, it just it, it just it, it added to the like the Mandalorian can get away with not being because you've got a guy in armor with an alien, whereas <laughs> this needed it for it to feel like espionage and to feel like a thriller. It needed that. I think, and I, it was such a good choice, man. Yeah, no, I agree, dude. Okay, so you're sticking with your score, mate? You're sticking with a seven, yeah? Yeah, stick with a seven. Um, okay. It's just a bit, I feel a bit sort of boring, because everything's seven, 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 seven and a half, seven, 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 seven. You know, I don't know. But it's just, it started really strongly, and then it's just, it's just, for me, it's just settling a little bit too much, and I'm hoping it ramps. I, I do, I mm. hope it ramps. Yeah, same dude. I think I'm going to give it a. So I'm going to give it that point five, that seven point five, because um, for the reasons that we've gone through, I won't go through them again. But yeah, so seven from you, then seven point five. Cool. So next week, let's hope that we uh, have a little bit of a shift in direction, maybe a bit of a time jump. Let's see what's going on. Let's pick that up. We will be back next week for episode one hundred and seventy-six. But for now, let's stick a pin in it for one seven five. It's been great to talk about Star Wars and Andor once again, even though we had the 10-minute tangent at the beginning, but, you know, you guys come to expect that now. It's all good. So as I mentioned at the beginning, if you're a new-time listener to SOR and you like the show, you've listened to a few now and you think, actually, yeah, these guys are pretty sweet, pretty sweet. You want to give them give them a bit of support, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkrevelion.com forward slash Patreon. You can jump on from a dollar upwards there. And you can, uh, everything we make through Patreon goes back into the show, the software, the hardware, all that stuff, all the content. Uh, to make sure we give you some great Star Wars content each and every week. And thank you so much to our current patrons. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for continued support. You can also hit us up on the socials. Just head over to Spark of Rebellion forward slash Twitter or forward slash Instagram. Connect with us over there. We chat Star Wars throughout the week. And make sure that you are following or subscribing to the show, obviously, on your fave podcast app of choice. That way you won't miss an episode when it drops every single Saturday. It's been cool, dude, chatting Andor again. We'll see you next week, bud, for our episode seven's review. You shall. Are you back next week? You're away for a few days this weekend, aren't you? Are you back, are you back next Friday? Uh, we'll be back for next Friday, yes. I'm back on Wednesday. Oh, we wicked. Go, maybe. Alrighty then. Yeah, that sounds perfect. That sounds good. I'm actually I'm on dad duty, so maybe we'll record one of the other days. I forgot about that. Sam's away. Yeah. It'll feel weird good. again, though. Like today. Yeah. It will, won't it? To get a takeaway now. 
nothing if not adaptable pro podcasting it's all good dot com dot com righty we'll see you guys next week 176 until then take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always bye